2: You might not like school, but make sure
0: you're working hard at school. Build a build a it's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty, Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.
2: Witty Let Nation. Let's ride. Witty Nation. Let's ride. Witty Nation, let's ride. Witty Nation, let's ride.
0: Congratulations to us, to us. Truly a major milestone.
3: Celebration, yes.
0: Of us, of us. So here's what we're going to do. Gonna shake off the cobwebs and limber up. And stretch it out and do plenty of melodies, Cause tonight... Tonight we're gonna suck our own sh- Take us home now what? Welcome,
2: everyone, to episode 100 of the Woody Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between, and is always part of the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Sports 716 Go follow everything the Built-in Buffalo family has given you. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. It's a takeover, at Built-in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, we made it. 100 episodes. What's going on?
1: And uh, I would record 100 episodes and I would record 100 more for Witty Nation to hear about all the Bill's takes that we record. Matt, here we are, our Diamond Jubilee. Let's ride. Are we the the pretenders? Well, we don't have to pretend, Matt, because we really made it. 100 episodes starting now. Starting now. Oh boy, we did it.
2: We finally made it—the big triple digits. Never thought we'd get here. Should we do like our favorite Thanks. memory of this show, Tony? what is this show given? Oh, to I would you love to do that over these past 100. 100- <laughs>
1: well, it's I think with that it. my my answer is obvious. It gave me a godfather to my firstborn child Obviously. in the form of Kendall Gaskins.
2: Big moment, big moment in this in this podcast. A huge moment life.
1: for me professionally and personally.
2: Of course, it's not something only to you remember and also he will remember once that time comes
1: of course a, of that's course. a
2: bond that's a that's a verbal contract you can't break
1: <laughs> well of course and in these tumultuous times who knows he might get called into action sooner than he thinks who knows
2: Tony we started this podcast shockingly a hundred episodes ago we sound marginally better maybe just a little bit better than we did in episode one but I always thought this just to walk down memory lane here a little bit, I always thought this would just be kind of like a New Year's resolution that I would just give up in a month. It's like most New Year's resolutions people make. And here we are a hundred episodes later, we're part of Built in Buffalo, we're doing big things, we're getting sponsors and all this stuff. And it's been awesome. Guests and meeting people and doing events and can't thank Witty Nation enough, everyone who's listened and participated and followed and, and everything. At the end of our episodes, we say, whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time we greatly appreciate it and i really do mean that like i didn't think anyone would listen to this show when when we first started it and i mean here we are 100 episodes later and thank you thank you to everyone who has even given us two minutes of their time. it's It's been a fun ride and a toast to a, a hundred more. You know, maybe a hundred more after that, Tony, who knows how far we can take this thing, honestly.
1: Maybe 110 more, maybe 111 wow.
2: more. Wow. Wow. Reach for the stars.
1: What's so thrilling, Matt, is the burden yes. lifted off of our shoulders that oh, we no longer can identify players to episodes by their jersey numbers. Yes, that's
2: right. Boy, that, there's that, a lot of burdens just, being lifted here.
1: Yeah a lot exactly it was a huge it was so cumbersome to have to have that weight on our shoulders the weight is gone it's gone.
2: We're like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa breaking the home run record, including all the steroids that have gone on in that scenario. Apply here as well, obviously. No, it's just to get that burden off our back to finally reach triple digits. And hopefully the football team we support in the Buffalo Bills will get a big burden off their backs this year as well with the Super Bowl victory. A burden that is weighing them down immensely, I can only imagine. Tony, for our 100th episode, we had to do it big, of course. And we are doing it big. Later on, we have... A a very special guest, Bill's beat reporter, WGR 550 personality, one of the, the all-time greats in Bill's media. Mr. Sal Capaccio is joining the show. Our paisan, our Italian brother big big time guests gonna be awesome to talk to sale all about training camp leading up to the first preseason game this weekend football is back tony we don't have to wait any longer to see our bills take the field against a non-bills team in practice or in scrimmage couple days away from the first preseason game you excited
1: of course how could i not be i'm just excited to have the routine back I've been 13. lost in the wilderness. Finally, the trail has revealed itself. The road is upon us. Of course, you made your trip return to training to, camp today. I did make my trip to return to training camp uh, this week. I, as you know, as you know, and probably no one else, uh, I was on vacation for the past nine days. So I missed quite a well few training camp break. practices. Thank you. Yes. And it kind of stinks because when I left, I only saw practices without pads before I went to but, uh-huh i to vacation. Now mm-hmm. I come back and they're have taken off the pads. They're out of pads, probably saving themselves a little bit. I don't know what's going on with physicality because I've never seen a padded practice. But what I have seen <laughs> is the St. John Fisher bookstore ready to go in the transition to St. John Fisher university. Boy, there are some deep discounts on St. John Fisher college apparel.
2: Wow. Worth Big plug the for trip. John Fisher bookstore today. SJFC, nice SJFU. John Grisham novel. How
1: do you Maybe check out that Twilight
2: scene theories no. you have never <laughs> been able to check out that's true no what's in a college bookstore is it just textbooks well, these days nobody reads those
1: i think there is a mix of textbooks and a mix of recreational books yeah okay oh, good mix but i think it's good mostly textbooks. i did i did not see very many recreational books
2: speaking of mysteries of fisher bikeball any update of course yeah. we had the famous did not, not see Ball. it on the
1: field today no Spike Ball Ooh, Watch.
2: where did it go where uh, can it have gone nope.
1: I, I don't know. I did not the net was not on the we sidelines will. today. I sat in the same we seat will. that I sat in last time. We have to ask Sale
2: when he's on about the mystery wow. of the spike ball.
1: Uh, that's that's yeah, the hard that's hitting journalism
2: be... you're gonna get for our hundredth episode here, folks.
1: That's right. People wonder <laughs> yeah. how we made it to hundred episodes, but with questions like this and they're gonna still wonder <laughs> like this. They're probably still gonna wonder.
2: Probably still gonna wonder how do these schmucks get to hundred. Tony, with our first Bills preseason game right around the corner of course, people will be flocking back to Ralph Wilson Stadium. Yes, I still call it the Ralph Wow. And with that, we're going to do our final draft season, hashtag draft SZN of the summer. And I thought because of the return of football, because of the return of preseason football this week, what are some of our wittiest things about going to a sporting event? And maybe they're the dumbest things. Maybe they're things that just make you laugh that are super dumb or annoying, but you find just get a chuckle out of. But wittiest things about going to a sporting event. Tony, since you had a nice long break, you're rested and relaxed and clear of mind. I'll let you do the honors and go first. Wow.
1: Uh, With the first overall pick in the going to a sporting event draft season draft, Tony Ambrose selects one of my favorite parts of a sporting event that so many sporting events are on board with. I get excited about it when I see them doing it. You know I'm going to pay attention amidst all the fodder. It's the celebrity lookalike cam. Oh, I like it. I do enjoy the celebrity lookalike cam. I think of all the the programs run by you know the video editors and who are, and for those producers that are creating jumbotron content. I love a good celebrity lookalike cam because it changes every time. You can judge for yourself. You can compare it to other times that you've seen the celebrity lookalike cam. Sometimes mm-hmm. they throw a cartoon in there and it's like oh okay. Sometimes they throw in like a monster or something you know yeah. something paranormal and then we have what to about, look at them. What about the
2: celebrity at the game who gets on the celebrity lookalike? Cam and they compare him to another celebrity. That's always yes, classic.
1: Love love that move. Love Ray that move. move. Love and I love the move when it's like, I don't know, when they show like a picture of like, you know, the devil or something and it's someone from the opposing team.
2: Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Classic That's trash talk. Classic that, trash yeah. talk. The celebrity look like Cam. Anything they do on the, on the Jumbotron Cam-wise. Kiss Cam, Dance Cam. I and mean, those are always always a good break from the action on, on the the ice or the field or the court yeah so good solid number one choice that is the the andrew luck of choices i I don't wow super high floor super high ceiling ready to go right now plug and play pick right there
1: high praise from my opponent in this draft
2: tony with my first pick who i'm gonna I'm going to analyze my big board here. Uh, I am going to go with fan on fan violence.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) physical Uh, violence,
2: nothing funnier to me than two drunken idiots arguing about Lord only knows what they don't even know what they're arguing about. They're so drunk in their stupor, uh, making no sense at all. Maybe they're two fans of the same team getting into a fight with each other. And then the after effect of the fight, they get into fisticuffs, an altercation occurs. What's the first thing that happens? Like security comes down. No, the usher, who's probably average age, median age of seventy-five years old, has to do something. <laughs> the time it takes them to get to where the altercation is occurring, call for security. The fans are calling the hotline. It's just a cluster of funny to me. I, I just, it's just dumb people being dumb, and that. <laughs> kind of puts a smirk on my face whenever I see it. That is my first choice fan on fan violence.
1: I love it because. As long as I can be a safely distance exactly. observer, then yep, I'm all about it. And it, I also like it, especially in a season ticket situation where, like, I'm giving people nicknames that they don't know they have, or at least impressions that I have of people that they don't know they have, and just like as people that sit around me that I have zero interest in talking to. Then it's like you know you show you've shown your colors as a crazy person, just dumb people being dumb. And with my second round pick, I'm. Also going to draft a dumb people being dumb pick. Okay. And this is something okay. that I would like to talk to you about. Do. Its, it's a podcast. Its deepest we'll nuances. <laughs> in its deepest nuances. Ooh. To me, I'm always triggered by this and look at this. Like what the hell is this? People who are, when you see another fan, they're on the phone and they're like waving across the venue to someone they know. <laughs> like this phone call.
2: Like a where's Waldo situation? They can spot yeah. him in the like, sea CME. Like, oh,
1: I know someone at the game. I have to self-identify as a dot in the abyss across the field so that they see me and know where I am. And I and I must also see them and know where I am. And that's the entire purpose of phone call. Matt, it's Buffalo. You go wherever you go, you run into people you see, you run into people you know. Maybe you do already know they're going to be there. We don't have to go into this whole production of showing our location to each other just for the novelty that we're in the same place. We're always in the same place, man. There's 80,000 people at a Bills game. You're going to see a bunch of people you know. Now we have to wave to each other so much so that we're placing phone calls on the Bills Wi-Fi. No. Which is awful.
2: I... You know what the worst part of that scenario is? To be the person there. next to the person oh, making yeah. that phone call. Just having to hear. That person who's on the phone for the next ten, maybe fifteen minutes. Do
1: you don't see me? I'm over here waving my arms. Look at no, him lower. Like, good, underneath Lord. the Shut Tim Horton sign. <laughs> right. This is the Shut most up. unnecessary use of your efforts and energy.
2: Enough. That goes. It goes just like to my bigger complaints of just you're there to watch a football game. Love it. Yes. Just watch the football game. Don't talk to me about anything else. Don't do all Don't those do extracurriculars. That. Yeah. Don't start just the Just watch wave. the football game and be part of the, the football game. That's it. That's the only sole reason you're there. If you want to meet up with your friends, meet up with them after. Maybe before you can meet up with them. Maybe Don't do it during the
1: intermission. Enjoy a halftime together.
2: Enjoy a nice halftime together. Not during the game when the Bills are driving. Ugh. Those people are you could easily
1: just send a text and say your section and seat number,
2: that's right. But instead, we have to go through this
1: whole thing. I'm waving at 75 percent, I'm in the bills' hat. 75,000
2: people are in bills' hat.
1: Then I'm going like a hundred percent my windshield, like I'm just waving bigger. I bring my left arm into it. It's too much,
2: it's too much. Gotta go
1: sit down, sit down,
2: watch the game. Good second pick, Tony. With my second pick of the wittiest things about going to a sporting event. I I got to go with tried and true here. I love a good animal on the field. Ooh. Drake We're hat, just discussing this. Yeah, Raccoon. Any any kind of animal that enters oh, the plane surface. Like wild. Yeah. Or streaker. You want to talk, I mean, animal, the most, the most See, deadliest animal, the human.
1: I thought you meant like a dog catching a Frisbee, like an animal that was supposed to be there.
2: Oh no! I'm talking about an errant animal, like one that is not oh, supposed to be there, right. disrupting a game. Right?
1: Yes, I do. Always love fun. That.
2: Never, never in in the history of anything in terms of watching something, do fans' eyes get diverted so quickly than if an animal is on the field. You could be watching Josh Allen and I w- ru- run for a 60-yard touchdown, and right before he crosses the 20-yard marker, if a dog runs across the field,
1: everyone's eyes go into that dog. Hundred percent. And I love 100%. when the crowd, what is the term? Anna, not animatronic, amph- not anphylactic. I don't know. But I love when when the crowd like assigns. What about the drugs? Aaron you know, Rogers? the athletes, no, assigns like an athletic role to them. And like the announcer starts saying, like oh, we got a squirrel on the field. It's at the 10, the 5. It cross the goal line oh, touchdown, yes. and then you know the crowd is cheering that the that the squirrel has crossed the goal line. It's a it's a right. wonderful, wholesome, heart filling moment.
2: Yes, anytime an announcer announces. Any kind of these diversions as if they're announcing the game is always classic to me. I think Kevin Harlan, during a Super Bowl, a streaker ran on the field and was like, the security can't get him. He's weaving in and out. <laughs> it was just very, very funny. But yes, Animal on the Field. Uh, the classic I always go to is a San Antonio Spurs basketball game. Manu Ginobili swats a bat out of the air in the arena. Gross. Uh, yeah. Talk about wild animal. Uh always always funny. Always a good time to to not only see the animal who's not supposed to be there just running across the field as he has no or she has no care in the world, but uh to see the security guards try to sheep herd the animal to an exit or try to gather the animal or, or get it off the playing field somehow. It's just comedy ensues. So that is just good old fashioned fun. Second pick. Just good old fashioned fun with animals. Can't go wrong. You That's get the a cute factor. You get the funny factor. Moments. It's always a good moment. Screw on the field. Dog on the field. Cat. Raccoon. Never. Never fails. Never fails. Bat in the air. Tony, your Whatever. third and final pick.
1: With my third pick, I am choosing making fun of awful jerseys. Ooh, nice. Whether it be terrible knockoff Chinese jersey, maybe it's some weird combination that they sewed together. Maybe it's some (laughs) wild color scheme in the numbers with a black jersey, whether it be you think you're being patriotic or you think you're being 90s retro or something. Right. Just these awful jerseys. You got a misspelling on the back. It fits weird. The tail is out. It's it's preposterous. Take a little pride in what you're wearing because we're all making fun of you. And I love making fun of them. If there's one thing I'm doing behind your back, I'm watching your jersey game. You're you are in the judgment zone on that one. And it's something that we would see in any sporting event, no matter who you're with, no matter where you are, you're going to see a cavalcade, someone who thinks they are pulling it off and they are not pulling it off.
2: No, they're never pulling it off. No. Not only the knockoff jerseys, but also just anytime a random player jersey is spotted, I always love those moments. Like, for example, there was a guy for the longest time that sat a couple rows ahead of me who had a Levi Brown jersey.
1: Oh, was it his yeah, dad?
2: Big, big pull. I doubt it based on age. I'm either hoping the guy's last name was Brown or my other conspiracy option was it's actually Levi Brown himself post getting cut from the Bills. Just stuck around, became an insurance salesman and just goes to Bill's games for the fun
1: of it now. I
2: it's very. I'm gonna
1: choose to agree with you in the sense that I do think it is Levi Brown himself that he is he very just, well just now, nobody knows
2: what he looks like. He played one year on the Bills, and nobody knows what he looks like. It could be him.
1: I would say, yeah. I basically just picture him looking like uh, a generic white guy. So, yeah. yes, exactly. Uh, I yeah, don't know you, what it was like. It. And, nailed it generic yeah. white guy. well that, this is coming from exactly. a couple generic this guy white looks like. guys in i mean if levi brown is just a generic white guy you know what we gotta find his podcast
2: <laughs> every generic white guy has a
1: podcast these days that's what i'm saying that's true as i look in the mirror as, right.
2: do you see an, a 60 year old version of yourself in a digital mirror
1: no i'm not like nathan fielder i don't have one of those fancy mirrors <laughs> Shout I'm not in also. a rehearsal right now. Shout out the rehearsal, little D. You, know, you are in a
2: rehearsal for my final pick. Oh, this is a tough one. It's a toss up. It's a toss up. I'm going to go with tailgate shenanigans. Ooh, those give me enjoyable. some examples. Tail, tailgate shenanigans. I believe you've been a part of those tailgate shenanigans before, Tony. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> there was a. Game named after you. That was a sh- tailgate. Oh, yeah. I remember. What was that game days. called?
1: What was that game uh, it was called, called, Tony? The Tony Ambrose, it was called the Tony Ambrose Physical Challenge. Yes, that's right. Modeled after was the Double Dare Physical Challenge. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Where I was tasked with completing physical challenges for everyone to bet on. Yes,
2: and oddly enough involved picking flags out of giant noses. So yeah, as well. Of
1: well, of course. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, as any um, quality physical challenge would.
2: Yeah, of course. No giant gumball machines at our tailgates. But tailgate shenanigans, Tony. I love going to a tailgate obviously, and seeing one of my one of my favorite ones, I'd say, is the guy's Acting out the football plays. Not only do you have people <laughs> playing catch in the tailgate in the parking lot, you know, two guys playing catch, but I've seen some tailgates and one next to where we tailgate specifically do full football plays like five offensive linemen, two wide quarterback running back in the backfield, not going against anyone. There's no opposing defense. They're just acting out their greatest Bills fantasy camp fantasies as if they were on the field with Josh Allen himself. There's so many shenanigans to go through but uh that's one of my favorites and of course anything else bill's mafia knows about shenanigans wise dizzy bats breaking tables
1: if that group is acting out their bill's fantasy then they are fantasizing about an incredible drop rate because no one catches it (laughs) In any no. play that they run,
2: a bunch of they're not, old-
1: they're not covered, but if they're running a route, they drop it every single time.
2: <laughs> every single time. But that one time they do catch it, there might as well be fireworks that go off. It is a glorious yeah.
1: moment. Yeah, just put them in yeah. a uniform, in their minds. Just put them in a uniform right there and there. Yeah. Let's not forget the individualized traditions that form in any tailgate. And of course, we have our own, they have their own. We see people when we go to tailgate have dolls and props and Ruth, they run and tricks with flags and certain, you know, lucky bags of chips, cooking on classic cars, ketchup in your face,
2: you know, you know, it's a this classic culture, one, Tony. Man. The, uh, the boxing, the boxing dummy with the opposing team jersey on it. That you can oh, punch yes. or kick or tackle. It's always a classic. Oh, this dummy uh, has a Tom Brady jersey on. I'm just going to go. Let's to this kick its ass. And kick it. <laughs> exactly. Punch him in the face.
1: <laughs> tackle him.
2: Stomp him into the ground. Six feet under. Classic one there. So, so many, but Phil's Mafia knows tailgate shenanigans through and through and, uh, he's We've turned those tailgate shenanigans into a, a lifestyle, at least a football lifestyle. I don't know every day, but we made, we made them our own. And to that, I can probably say we are one of a kind in that regard. No other fan bases I... had a, a staple of their tailgate-ness than uh, Bill's Mafia and and the breaking of the tables.
1: It's our, brand, our and brand it's beautiful. It is beautiful.
2: It is beautiful in its own crazy way. Tony, any honorable mentions before we get to our interview with sale? Cabaccio. Uh,
1: no, the only other one that I had that I planned on drafting was trash talk other fans, but I thought it had too much overlap with your second round pick.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. The only one I had otherwise on my list was that guy. And however you want to define that guy at a sporting event, there's, Many of that guys. It could be uh, based on your experience. It could be the fantasy football guy, the guy who sees stats on the Jumbotron and either moans or cheers that his fantasy football team is doing good or uh, cheers on Josh Allen because. He's on his fantasy team. Like that guy's super annoying. Or it could be the guy who thinks he knows more than the coaches know. The run the ball guy. Go to digs. He's open on a slant guy. No, you don't know more than the coaches, guy. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah, those guys. Cheer the team. Those on. guys are or, not
1: my kind of guys.
2: Not my kind of guys. Or the newest guy in the group, the gambling guy, the guy who sees an out-of-town score. And just throws his phone in the air because he just lost a couple hundred bucks on a on a last minute backdoor beat. That's 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 a new guy in, in the group. So there's always that guy. It's always different for everyone going to sporting events, but Witty Nation, we'll put our picks on Twitter. Tell us what your favorite thing about or my funniest thing about going to a sporting event is for you. We love to hear from you. Tony, when we get back after the break of our 100th episode, maybe our could be our most famous guest. He has his own theme song. He's everywhere, locally, nationally on the Pat McAfee show recently. It's Bill's beat reporter Sal Capaccio. We'll have him on the Witty Not Funny Sports podcast. It'd be great to talk to sale and uh, get some insider bills knowledge. But first, before we get to sale, we got to get to another great, and that's Marv Levy. Ready for Marv to take it away?
1: I've been ready for Marv to take it away since last week when he took it away. Wow.
2: (laughs) Actually, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The timeline matches. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Listeners, we will be back after the break. Take it away, Marv. Go,
0: go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Bob
2: And we are back, listeners. You know we had to go big for our 100th episode, so we are honored here on the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast to welcome Bill's Beat reporter, sideline reporter, host of the Extra Points Show on WGR 550, host of the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast, and uh, my favorite moniker or title, the master of the bourbon barrel gap integrity TED Talk, Mr. Sal Capaccio. Sal, thank
3: you so much for joining our show. No problem, guys, man. That was in Cleveland. I remember that bumping around and um, and we were just kind of doing a thing. To, I don't even know what it was, a Twitter or whatever, some sort of video. And someone asked me you know, to explain gap integrity, and I turned around and there's all these barrels of beer because we're at a brewery. So I used those to kind of show the gaps and use them as players. It was pretty cool. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm honored. (laughs) Yeah, I'm honored to be on the 100th episode to be your guest. And here's to 100 more. That's right. Yes. Thank you.
2: So Sal, I just rattled off everything you've done and a resume you can surely be proud of throughout your job history here. But I think the true Real, the true "I made it" moment is when a WW announcer uses a bad Italian accent to pronounce your name, as McAfee did
3: last week. What was that, Capaccio? How do you how did he do that? I, he, that's what he did. He goes and Capaccio, and I don't know. I, I and and I heard him say it a few times before they brought me on, as they were promoting it that day and i'm i'm like oh i gotta correct him but i'm like Should, is that proper to correct him because i think he's just kind of having fun anyway and i'm right. like no no i think that i so i honestly it was kind of calculated i'm like no i think that's what i need to do in a in a cool aggressive way to kind of like get the ball rolling here you know i mean the mcafee show is as you know if you've watched it it's all about bringing the energy. Right. So right. like when they reached out to me, I'm like, Oh my God, like really the Pat McAfee show, this is crazy. So I said, I, I told my wife, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going on the Pat McAfee show. And she's like, like, what is that? <laughs> and I said, Oh, you don't <laughs> understand. Like, you got to bring the energy for this. So that was kind of the way that I figured I'm going to start this V The v- says that my name like that, I'm going to say, no man, it's Capaccio. Let's go. And that's what happened. <laughs>
2: that's great and you did amazing on that show and it's uh in the feel the beat segment with uh beat reporters from around the league that was great but uh sale let's talk about get right into your your sideline your bills beat reporting you've been with the team all throughout the last month of training camp which of course they wrapped up today at saint john fisher so let's start by hitting the rewind button going back to the start of july the start of training camp uh since you're our clive owen you're our inside man talk to us about the vibes of training camp just to start the bills have been knocking at the door of a super bowl for the past two years now so just being on the field being with the players every day how have the the vibes of the the players and the coaches coming into this year are they different than years prior are they the same is it trust the process cliche as it is is it still that is, is there different vibes this year uh, at st john fisher
3: you know I, I think there's two elements to this there's the kind of fan element and then there's the player coach element, which is what you're asking me about. But, you know, I'll talk about both of them because yeah. I, I think that if you went to a practice back in 2018 or 2019, you kind of wouldn't see a difference to what it is in 2022 because that's Sean McDermott. He's Mr. C. He's Mr. Consistency. That's what he's always been. His practices are the same. His messaging is the same. It does go back to trust the process, you know, no matter what they're doing, what their record is. It's always about trusting process. It's always, always about getting better every day. And developing. Now that said, I mean, this, it was different. This camp, there were more fights. It was more chippiness. Like there were skirmishes and there was another one on the last day. And it was kind of a theme. And I, I do think that comes from having such high quality players who are so competitive and, you know, knowing that there are a lot of expectations to win a Super Bowl. They are trying to win every rep. They're trying to win every play because they're trying to win every game and win a championship. And I think that's kind of what you get that's born out of that. But no, I, I don't think there's a different vibe as far as like how anybody's being treated, because I think to credit McDermott's credit, this is why they're good in, in in big situations. Now you can bring up, you know, 13 seconds or other games. I get it. But through the majority of his tenure as a coach, you know, they've just been really consistent because he never lets them be any different. It's about the consistency every day. Now, the fan element. I think totally different. Now let's remember they haven't been at St. John Fisher for two years, so we've missed that, right? We they haven't they've had COVID and been back in Buffalo. But guys, I'll tell you, man. I mean, every game, every day, sold out, packed packed crowds, and these guys are rock stars. They really are. They're like the Beatles. It's incredible everywhere they go. Every time they walk in the field. It's just so many people, so many autographs, and everybody wants a piece of them. And I think from that standpoint, the Bills have always been very popular. We know that. But you could feel a different vibe and energy about it because of that.
2: Tony, you, you've been at camp every day. How how come you're not the rock star Josh Allen? Is?
1: I have been at camp every day. And <laughs> I would say in my corner of the third bleacher from the right on the other side of the field, on the upper left of it, I would say I am a rock star to those people. Okay. I can consistently we'll be it. found there. Sal, I'm wondering, you touched on the player football perspective, you touched on the fan perspective. How has it changed from your perspective? We haven't been to Fisher in a couple of years, as you said. So even for you, going back into dorms, going back into that life, I know that you've said many times in the past, as, as have many, there's like a college metaphor sense to it. So like in your metaphorical click, maybe you're hanging out with reporters or maybe you're hanging out with just non-football people overall. Was that like a joyous reunion? Was that a joyous, we're coming back to this? We're excited to go to the, whatever basement keggers you're going to, you know, whatever. Maybe it's a normal place to go for plates. Just kind of touch on sort of that vibe of coming back around to Rochester and
3: reintegrating into sort of the camp lifestyle. Look, I think everybody would have maybe a different answer on this, depending on who you asked, obviously. Everybody's got different personalities and views are different, but I'm a people person, right? I mean, like I enjoy being around people. I, I enjoy being around my colleagues, And going out with them, learning about them, telling stories with them, I have missed that for sure. Uh, That's part of my life. I I enjoy that atmosphere. I need that, to be honest with you, I think. So for me, when I found out they were going back to Fisher, I was super excited. I mean, it's, it's, it's to be around them, it's to be around the fans, going out to the Pittsburgh pub at night and, you know, seeing... Bills fans, uh, you know, maybe sitting across the bar and, hey, what's up? And they say your name and you talk to them. I, I mean, I went, I say Pittsburgh Pugs, I'm I'm there a lot, I just ate lunch there the last day before we left with a few colleagues. But I went there one day and had lunch with a friend and there were two guys sitting at a table nearby in the sky and they're wearing a Bills gear. The guy turns to me and he goes, hey, I'm only here because you and Matt Bove talked about this place on your podcast. Like I had, I'm like, oh, that's crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, that, that's the kind of thing I like, like just kind of those random interactions and encounters with fans. But as far as the the living in the dorm and I had, I've been living in a dorm for the majority of the last two and a half to three weeks. I mean, I've come home a little bit here and there. If they have back-to-back practices, I stay up there. Um, yeah. I mean, I bring up, but I bring my mini fridge. I bring my Keurig. I got my coffee in the morning. You know, I wake up in the morning. I do my radio hit with Howard and Jeremy. I'm there for press conferences and then get my work done. And then afterwards, yeah, we go golf. I played, let me say I played around a I played CCR. I played Monroe. I played Ravenwood all in the last few weeks since I've been out there. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, it is getting away from home and your family a little bit in two different senses, which is, yeah, you're away from your family, you're away from home, but you're also out there and you're working. And when you have time, it's like, okay, what else are you going to do? So you go out with your friends, you go out with your buddies and your colleagues. So I I've loved it. I don't know if this answers your question or not, what you're asking, because I would tell you that there are maybe people who don't love it. And there are probably people who I, I could tell you, there's definitely reporters and people like me who don't stay out there. They come home a lot. There's mm-hmm. others who actually get a hotel. Maybe their company pays for it, even though, you know, staying in the dorm is to me totally fine. I'm totally cool with it. It's a cinder block dorm. I put my two single beds together, make one big bed. You know, I mean, it's it's all right. I'm cool with it.
2: I think as long as Perino has enough hair gel, all is right with the world, or at (laughs) least all is right.
3: (laughs) He actually was in room. He was right next to me. He was in room 216. I was in room 218. So like, you know, Everyone, every like once, maybe at night or during the day, like one of us just walk over, knock on the door or just hang out with each other. And that's what we do. (laughs) But, you know, I also say that's a good point to bring up because I've been told we are way different than most media, most markets, the, the football beat, the beat reporters in most markets, whereas we do have these relationships. We, we genuinely like each other for the most part. That's why we go on each other's podcasts. That's why we go on TV with each other. It's why we go on radio with each other. This isn't really happening in Miami. It's not really happening in New England or New York or Philly or Chicago, where it's like super ultra competitive. And I'm not saying it's not competitive here. I mean, I want, I want a story before my very good friend, Josh Reed gets it or Matt Perino and I'd like to report it out, but if they get it, I'm happy for them and we hang out and we talk about it and that, that's what we do. So you, it's not like that in a lot of places, and I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy about that because I, I don't really – probably I wouldn't do well in an environment like that. You know what I mean? Like I do better in this environment
2: when I can be around people and be positive. Just just like the, the Bills team themselves, always being positive, everyone <laughs> being positive towards each other and hyping each other up, and it trickles down to the media, I guess, in your words. So, uh, Sal, so speaking of the players on the field, um, let's just get into – This offense, obviously a juggernaut in the Josh Allen Sands rookie year, but under the Josh Allen regime or era. And now with Ken Dorsey at the helm taking over for Brian Dable, how have they looked? Uh, ha- has the offense looked different in any way? Is it kind of, you know, if, if the wheel is, is unbroken, don't fix it. If the wheel still turning, don't fix it. How has Dorsey either adapted Dable's offense and changed it for the better or has made it
3: his own
2: in any way? How, how is the offense
3: looking to you? So I'm sure you guys know there are some certain restrictions on things I can say and can't say, right? Sure, like my course, job, yeah. in reporting, right? You know that. So you know I'll do my best with it because I think we could still get enough of it from this. I can't go into detail on formations and things like that, but I think it's already been out. It's already it's already been out there, you know, from Dawson Knox on, you know, running more even 13 personnel, like three tight ends on the field, right? I think that that's something that when they signed OJ Howard and when they drafted James Cook, I think we knew. And I've been saying all along, they're just going to try and flood the field with pass catchers. doesn't mean it has to be wide receivers. It could be tight ends. It could be running backs. It could be whatever. And I think you see that a lot. You know, you see a lot of different options on the field for Ken Dorsey. But I think the the biggest thing I would say that you see and that you could tell is, and there's a concentrated effort even from him admitting that, you know, they're trying to do better with yards after catch. But just because they were poor in that area doesn't mean that they were poor in that area. What I mean is statistically they were, but, It was kind of by design with the offense. I think a little bit more of design is going to be making sure they get the ball in the playmaker's hands to make some plays. Now with that, comes a sacrifice of throwing the ball downfield, sometimes it can be at least. And I asked Ken Dorsey about that one day. He said, that's true, but yards after catch don't have to be just five yard passes or 10 yard passes. You can still get yards after catch throwing the ball downfield. You can still get yards after catch on the same kind of routes they've been running. But I think, you know, as opposed to driving the ball downfield outside the numbers, getting out of bounds, you might see more of the, get it underneath to somebody in stride who can make those yards after the catch with his legs. And I think we have seen that we saw a play from Jamison Crowder. My play of the day, the last day it's really can't be did that caught a ball about 10 yards on a crossing route, got to the sidelines and got up the field for a touchdown. I think that's kind of what they want to do. It's why you want to get the ball to James Cook. That's what he does, right? He can catch it and he can make people miss in space. I would also say that I think there's been more miscommunication than there has been like last year. And that's to be expected. They're working in a new offensive coordinator. Uh, There were a few times where I think the offense just had maybe a good series or two stretch where they just look really bad. And there was miscommunication, balls just landing in spots where you're like, who is he throwing it to? But I think that comes from them working through their kinks. Now, that said, they've also had some really good days and really good moments There's been a give and take. They're playing against the number one defense in the league. If they beat them every time, I think there'd be a problem. Then we'd be talking about what's wrong with the defense, right? So that should be happening. And I think overall, though, you know, I'm pleased with what I've seen from the offense. Whenever you have Josh Allen pulling the trigger and you have guys like Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, things, even when they don't look good, can still be pretty good.
2: Is that what you think the goal was this offseason for Brandon Bean in terms of how he approached this offense? Ken Dorsey being a first-time coordinator, did you think – bringing in these new faces like OJ Howard and James Cook, who's obviously a, a good pass catching back out of the backfield. Do you just think it was the goal was to give a first time offensive coordinator, a, like a Swiss army knife in terms of all these personnel's he can run, whether he wants to go too tight end or you know, line Khalil Shakir up in the backfield, just, just the
3: versatility in that way, bringing these new faces in and kind of these new faces, their skill sets. I do, but I think it's probably because that's what Ken Dorsey wanted. Like I think you elevate right. Ken Dorsey, And you talk to him and say, "What is your vision for your offense? What do you need? What do you want?" And then you take your cues from him. You know the way it was described to me several years ago by some by people in the front office is basically a lot of times you know the the coaches put together the grocery list, and then the front office goes out and gets the groceries. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's, I think, mm-hmm. maybe what it is, which is, you know, maybe Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott say this is what we'd like to do. Maybe more yards after catch. We'd like to get a better, a more of a pass catching running back. We'd like to run two more, two tight end sets and have options. And then Brandon Bean says, OK, well, then where's where can I get that running back? OK, let's go get J.D. McKissick. They think they get J.D. McKissick. They agree to a ter- they agree to terms. He flips and goes back to Washington. OK, well, that's a big loss. Well, guess what? We can still do it another way. Let's draft James Cook in the second round. I think there was a clear and conscious effort to get a guy like that. And to me, it's not because Brandon Bean's forcing that issue on Ken Dorsey. I think it's because that's what Ken Dorsey wants to do. Interesting.
1: So earlier this week, uh, to go beyond just the new players, earlier this week, the provisional depth chart um, was released out. And I was just wondering what your sort of initial impressions are on that depth chart. I know for me, um, and maybe you could touch on this, Quisenberry being... And being on the first team listed, even though I know he gets a lot of first team reps, Spencer Brown, even still into the last day of camp was getting a lot of first team reps. So how do you feel about that depth chart? What stood out to you and any impressions that you have from that release?
3: Well, I would just first say that I think that fans should not really take the depth chart too, too seriously or overreact to it. And the reason is because it's the first preseason game and Sean McDermott isn't going to hand anything to anyone. And that's what you see from like rookies, for example, what stands out? I mean, Zach Moss is listed as running back number two. Do any of us think Zach Moss is actually going to be running back number two this year? Well, I I don't think so. I think that's because Sean McDermott isn't going to hand that job over to James Cook. He wants to show him on the depth chart. Hey, you're a rookie. you got work to do, right? I mean, that's his message. That's the way he does that. You look at Spencer Brown. I think the same thing. Hey, he hasn't been available. He hasn't been playing. He's been hurt. Uh, he did take, he does take first team reps. And he has recently in 11-on-11, 11 11, but most of camp, he wasn't. He was taking him. he was just doing one-on-ones, but he wasn't out there in first team because he's been hurt. He's been recovering from offseason surgery, I believe it was. So Questenberry was the one that was out there, and he's performed well. Spencer Brown's in his second year, and he's not available in most of training camp. So Sean McDermott's not going to put him as the first team right tackle on the depth chart. That's just basically handing him something that he hasn't earned yet in his second year in training camp. And I, I think that's the message that the depth chart sends. Now you could tell me, well, what's the difference? Tre'Davious White hasn't played; he's listed as the starter. Yeah, because we're all not dumb, and we all know Tre'Davious White's an all-pro, and he's the first team. He's the first corner when he's playing, right? I mean, like that—that's—that's that's the point. Um, I think you look down, and I think seeing Isaiah Hodgins listed as one of the top four outside receivers, but you know, you look, and they don't have a lot of a lot of guys there. So you know, he's getting some run; he's getting some opportunity. Christian Benford is listed as one of the top four corners. I think that's super interesting, not only because he listed, but guys, he, it's been happening. He. He's in a rotation with Kyer Elam and Dane Jackson. And right now, the two corner spots are both basically wide open until Tredavious White comes back. And once he does, I would say the other corner spot is wide open.
2: Do you think that spot is, is Elam's to, to lose at this point? Because Benford has been getting first-team reps. I loved him coming out of Villanova. I thought he was a ball hawk. His I thought his ball skills weren't very good for being in a small school program and the fact that we got him so late in the draft I, I thought was a really nice late round pickup again from Brandon Bean as he typically does year after year but
3: does, does Christian Benford have a, a real shot of of being the starter opening night I, I I think he does I think it's if he has to compete against Elam and Jackson I think you know I mean that's an uphill climb still because Jackson's put in the work and the time and He's in his third year. Obviously, Elam was drafted in the first round. If there's two spots open, then, yeah, I think that it could be any two of the three out of that group. Uh, But, yeah, I think he does. He has at least shown an ability – to make some plays in camp, and he certainly is getting opportunity right now. Now, I think part of that is also because Kyrie Elam just hasn't necessarily literally flashed and, you will know, been all over the field like you might want a first-round pick, but he's also going against Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs every day. I mean, this guy, he's thrown into the fire right away. I'd like to see more hands-on footballs from him, He's not getting toasted every play. That's not happening. He was a little grabby early on, holding a little bit. I think he's cleaned that up. That's good. Um, I, I think in an ideal world, the Bills would love Kyrie Elam to be there. I don't think they want to. I, I think for the Bills, even just for uh, optics, I don't think you want your six-round pick trotted out there as a starter over your first-round pick at the same position, right? So in an ideal world, it's Kyrie Elam, but they're not going to sacrifice the position if uh, Kyrie Elam isn't the guy and Christian Benford is. I think they're comfortable now in their own skin after you know getting where they've gone and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and where they are now that, hey, if, if Benford earns that spot, he'll do it. That doesn't mean he has to be there all year. It doesn't mean that it's got to be forever, obviously. So I do think Christian Benford has an opportunity to start. I still think it's Kyer Elam's, as you said, job to lose. That's a good way to put it. I'm not really sure right now. I think that even him and Dane Jackson would be uh, battling for it opposite Trey White. But I still think that Elam, to me, will have... Every single shot until the very end to win it. Let's put it that way. And
2: speaking of cornerbacks, it's a pick of riches to me because I I kind of like every cornerback in that room. From you know, obviously Tredavious White being the All Pro you mentioned to well, I don't even know who's Elijah Griffin. I I really like Elijah Griffin too. But I want to talk about a guy who yeah uh, Warren Warren
3: G's son right Elijah Griffin. Uh, oh,
2: we we know we know on this podcast. <laughs> trust me, we are
1: not news. <laughs> We
2: are well aware (laughs) it is our mission to get Warren G to lead the charge. So if you could put in a word to the bills promotions department or whatever, but a guy I want to talk about Nick McLeod. I, I read every day. He seems like he makes a play. Now he's listed on the depth chart, speaking of the depth chart coming out and not maybe overanalyzing it, but he's listed as a safety. And I know they've been playing yeah. him there. Maybe uh maybe a little Aaron Williams 2.0 moving from corner to safety. Uh it, are they just are they just doing it as an insurance policy for possibly high getting being hurt, Hoyer obviously being hurt? And what does that say to his his roster status in terms of making the team I I really liked him at cornerback I thought he was great last preseason and obviously the Bengals saw something too where they they plucked him uh, away from us so what what is the report on on Nick McLeod because I really like him but it is a crowded cornerback room does he have a shot to
3: I guess to put it in terms crack that top three well I don't know I think he has a shot to make the 53-man roster because of his versatility what's the old saying the more you can do the better right I mean the more he can do, he has been playing safety and corner. This really, be, believe it or not, was more born out of now. I mean, I don't know if the bills necessarily would say specifically because of this, but it kind of happened right around the time that Jordan Poyer, you know, his contract rumblings started in the offseason. That was right during some mini camps and stuff like that. And they started putting Nick McLeod at safety. And I think it was maybe because they wanted to make sure, hey, what if Jordan isn't here? Right. I mean, we, we got to have another option here. They have Jaquan Johnson. They have Demar Hamlin. They have Josh Thomas. But guys, if you look down the Bills roster, one of my favorite stats of the offseason is the only position they did not add a single body from the outside was safety. Every single position on the team, they added somebody from the outside, whether through free agency trade or draft, which is incredible, but not safety. So if you're not going to have Jordan Poyer, you got to have somebody else. So they found it internally, and that was Nick McLeod to get more reps there. So I think that's how that was born. And then they go to camp, and I think – You know, they probably wanted to give him some reps there, but he's also going to fight at the corner. But what happens early on, Micah Hyde gets hurt on the second, third day. So, okay, now we got Nick McLeod. He's been working there. Micah starts to come back. Jordan Poyer gets hurt. Well, guess what? We still have Nick and McLeod. So I I don't, I think it was for insurance for sure. But now he's actually right in the thick of things where he's doing everything. And I think because of that, he can be a very valuable player to them because Now, maybe you can play with the numbers a bit and say, how many do we have to keep at corner? How many do we have to keep at safety? But if we have another guy who can do everything and knows them like Saran Neal, basically kind of that, that really allows us to maybe have some flexibility around the roster because we have somebody who can do both and don't have to keep one guy, one extra guy at each position. Sal, if you are ready,
2: we'd like to introduce to the listeners America's new favorite game show. It's buy or sell. Oh my gosh. All right. (laughs) Tony, we practiced this before the podcast. We're supposed to say it together. So we will back and forth alternate naming players on the team that might be on the bubble. There's not a lot of roster spots, obviously, with with the roster... On paper this talented. There's not a lot of spots up for grabs, but we're going to rattle off some players. You tell us whether you would buy them in terms of them making the team or having a good chance of making the team or selling them and saying uh, maybe it's just a numbers game and they don't. So if you're ready to begin, we can start. You have one lifeline. It is a phone a friend if you'd like to use it. So (laughs) just keep that in mind. All right. Uh, And I want to start with the running back room a guy you mentioned earlier zach moss number two on the depth chart initially not over uh looking that but he had some struggles last year it was very clear i i thought actually when looking back at the highlights last year he in the first half of the year he he was pretty good for the role they put him in but towards the end of the year he struggled are you buying or selling zach moss
3: making this team I'm buying it. I think he looks healthy. He. I don't think he. I think he looks a lot healthier than last year. I think that that leg injury from the playoffs two years two years ago against the Colts. I think now. I think that really affected him last year. Watching him, he looks fresher. I think he has a role in this team. He brings something to that room they don't have. He brings that more physical running back they don't have. So who's what, what his competition? Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's really kind of. He was signed and then to be a pass catching back. Then they drafted right. James Cook. So I don't think so. Now, the thing that hurts Zach Moss is he doesn't play special teams. He has basically no special teams value. But the thing with Zach Moss to me is I'm buying him, making the team. I'm sailing him, having a roster, having a jersey every week. I think he could be in an active every week. So that's what I'll say about Zach Moss. When I evaluate guys, when I'm like when i doing an exercise like this, of course, like I have in my brain like how they've performed. Really what I'm doing is kind of telling you how, how I've seen them get opportunities. That's what matters to me. It's not what I think about the player. It's what I think they think about the player, if that makes sense, based on the opportunities I see that player getting.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, one of the the premier highlights last year was, I I believe it was the first Miami game when at the goal line, he truck sticks uh, a player on his way to the end zone. So if we can get that Zach Moss back, you know, shades of his college career kind of Zach Moss back, that would be obviously beneficial for the Bills. Tony.
1: Uh, let's bounce over to another crowded room in wide receiver. And do
3: you buy or sell Tavon Austin? I'm gonna sell him now. Uh-oh. I might have, I might have bought him. Might have bought him back uh, when camp started. Although I was, excuse me, I was never on the same hype train as a lot of people. I thought he looked really good. But I wasn't about to put him on the roster like a lot of people. Uh, but he he got pretty close for me. Like it was, he was right there. He's been on the bubble, guys. He also has missed. He missed Wednesday and Thursday out of camp. Like he hasn't he hasn't been on the field, and you can't do that. You got to be on the field. You got to be available if you're fighting in a crowded room. The, the issue with him I have is who's he making it over? Because it's Diggs, Davis, McKenzie. I think Crowder's a lock when he's okay. healthy. There's four right there. And then you've got Kumaro making the team. Oh, I'm sorry. Khalil Shakir is going to make it. That's five. Right. I think Kumaro for special teams. And even if you want to go a different route, I mean, the only way Austin's on this team is that a return man, which is possible, but I don't see it because I think even Khalil Shakir, Shakir could be a return man. And then you don't have to use that spot. So, Look, the the injury to Marquez Stevenson opened the door even more for Taven Austin. They don't have quite a guy like him with that top end speed, but maybe you put him on the practice squad and he's available and you can elevate him uh, sometime throughout the year. If you really need that speed or if there's an injury, I'm going to I'm going to sail him, though, from making the team right now.
2: Do you you think the team has lost trust completely in Isaiah McKenzie being a return person no
3: not at all I just think that okay that's good good to hear he's playing more on offense which is going to take away his ability to be on the return be a return man they have other options right. now I don't think they've lost confidence whatsoever in him being return man I just think it's not the role he's going to have going forward
2: and, that, and that's okay more more face of the franchise is, is good in our books so <laughs> <laughs> however right, he's revealed, yeah. field where he gets uh gets the ball is okay by us let's move to uh maybe a room over I don't know how the uh, the position rooms work, but Tommy Sweeney bringing in OJ Howard this year as another pass catching threat is Tommy
3: Sweeney still have a role on this team. This is a really tough one. This might be the ultimate like bubble 50 50 guy, and it comes down to how many they keep. I-, I do think they want to at the end of the day, I think they want to run to more two tight ends. So therefore, I think they keep three. And therefore, I say Tommy Sweeney, I'm going to buy because they really like him. They've loved him. Now, he went through, myoc- he had the myocarditis a couple of years ago, missed the season, right. what he's battled back through. To me, he has maybe the best hands on the team. The guy can catch everything. He's not the athlete Dawson Knoxes. maybe even OJ Howard, even though OJ isn't quite the athlete a lot of people thought he was, or at least not showing that. But Tommy is, he's a competent blocker. He can catch the ball. He's not going to really be a mismatch. Um, I think he's kind of the, a really good backup tight end in the NFL. But if you're going three tight ends deep, then I think that there's a role for a really good backup tight end.
2: I like it. I like it. Tommy Sweeney, very reliable, like steady Eddie. Doesn't doesn't wow you, buddy. Doesn't make many mistakes or do anything detrimental. Uh, I like that. I, I like Tommy Sweeney. And uh, Josh Allen is quoted as saying Tommy Sweeney's the most interesting man on the team. So still waiting to see it. So hopefully he makes the 53 man and I can see it this year.
1: Tony, uh, one more for sale. Who do you have? I do think Tommy Sweeney has the edge. Like he, I think he's looked really, really pretty nice in camp. I'm, I'm generally usually impressed with Tommy Sweeney. But if you're giving Tommy Sweeney that tight end spot in the final 53, where else is it coming from? My speculation is in, quarter, in the quarterback room, maybe, as they traditionally have kept two. So how do you feel about Matt Barkley? Are you buying or selling that? What do you think the strategy is going to be there?
3: I think this is an easy one. Yeah, the Bills will keep two quarterbacks. It'll be Allen and Keenum, and then they'll just put Barkley on the practice squad. Okay, nobody's going to claim him, and Barkley. So they'll have three. They'll have three quarterbacks at practice every day. They'll have three quarterbacks in the building, but only two are going to be in the active roster. There's no reason to have Matt Barkley in the active roster taking a spot. I don't think anybody's going to pluck him off your practice squad. And if they wanted to, he could say no anyway. It's not you know. Yeah, I I think to me that's easy. To me, it's. It's Allen, it's Keenum. Barkley gets waved. He resigns the practice squad, and everybody's happy.
2: You got to keep the hibachi boys together, of course, right, yeah. Tony?
3: <laughs> That's, can't break them up. What Sal said was also my speculation, but
1: I mean, we get to keep our priorities straight here. It's of nice course. to have the camaraderie in the quarterback room and in every room.
2: And Josh's best friend, yes. And a million Finally. dollar smile. In a million dollar smile, yes, Matt Barkley does have a million dollar smile. Uh, finally, sale, staying in the quarterback room. Uh, Josh
3: Allen, are you buying or selling? Josh Allen, making this team. I think I'll buy. I think I'll buy. I think I'll okay. be on All the right. team. I'm going to go out on a limb he's, and say he's going to be on the team. I I think a, if he's I look a little around, unknown, I, I, yeah, I'll um I'll give you guys one because I think there to me there's a real good battle that could come down to one spot for these two players, and I think it's interesting because the one guy is was very, very, very vilified by Bills fans last year, and I think that it could be down to Bobby Hart against Cody Ford for a roster spot, and people don't like hearing that because Bobby Hart, but I'm telling you, I think he's mm-hmm. he's looked competent at guard. He's looked more comfortable, and if you ask me right now to buy or sell Bobby Hart, I might sell. That's fine because maybe maybe the, neither of them make it depending if everybody's healthy, but I think I'm also sailing Cody Ford at this point. I wonder if Brandon Bean maybe tries to get a tries to get an asset for Cody Ford. I just I don't know if he's going to make the roster. It just doesn't hasn't seemed to work out. I'm not sure it quite is working out now. They have Greg Manns, who's a backup guard they like. That Questenberry can play every position basically along the offensive line, except for center, I believe. But he can play interior. He can play outside, and I think Bobby Hart's getting his opportunities and hasn't looked bad.
2: I can answer that very quickly. I, I'm selling both and calling Langston Walker if I need. Uh, interior <laughs> offense alignment at this point. We're not fans of the, either of those two. Uh, Tony, real quick, would you, uh, would you buy either of those guys?
1: Uh, in some ways, Sale answered my question. We're on the same wavelength here. I would, I would sell them both, uh, because I think that Greg Mance has had enough opportunities that I've seen that I feel like I can kind of get the impression that they have, they have of him in their heads and in my heads that I, I just think that there's a lot of other interior offensive linemen that are going to, that are more the apples of their eye that are more likely to be on the final 53 than either one of those. But there's probably a lot of bias in there because I don't think highly of Bobby Hart. So as many fans we do not. don't.
2: That's, a, that's Those are good ones. I had Cody Ford on my list as well. Sal. But this is one of those
3: things where I think that I'll go back to I understand it. Fans don't like Bobby Hart, but I think the exercise should be, do the bills like Bobby Hart? That's the difference, right? Let's not, it's right. not you you and me and every other fan listening can say, oh, I really didn't like this guy when he was on the team last year. And that's fine. And they say, well, sir, I don't think he's going to make the 53. But the proof is the opportunities he's getting. And while I say, I do think I agree, Greg Manns is getting more opportunities. Bobby Hart, through all the injuries they had last week, was pretty much the first guard in a lot of times. Greg Manns was out along with Ryan Bates, but he was in there. So I just want to keep throwing that out for people that like, don't be surprised if he makes the team. I'm not right now. I wouldn't call him. If you told me to project a 53, I wouldn't have Bobby Hart on the team. I'm just telling people that I think the bills like him a lot more than you like him. Meaning mm-hmm. the, you, the general public listening to this. And I can, I can buy that. Yeah. I can buy that. Definitely.
2: Um, harsh
1: realities is getting dropped by Sal.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Tony, uh, what do you say? Uh, we wrap it up here at Sal. Thank you so much for joining our show, being part of our hundredth episode. Couldn't ask for a better guest. So uh, we always feel weird as as amateurs uh, interviewing a professional media member journalist. So we thank you so much Uh, real quick for the listeners. Where uh, can they find
3: you real quick? Rattle it off. Of course, Sal sports on Twitter is the easiest way. Just one word, Sal sports. And then, you know, you can hear me on WGR pretty much, you know, every day, 10 to 12 for the extra point show, but in the morning with Howard and Jeremy in the afternoon, with show the bulldog. All that kind of stuff. I'll be doing uh, the Channel 4 pregame show in CBS in Buffalo again this year. So excited to do that uh, on Sundays. But Sal Sports on Twitter is the best way. And guys don't ever feel bad or uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable reaching out to like national reporters sometimes to go on my show. So it's okay.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Sal, uh, for the time and the info. Awesome having you on. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, we're we're glad to have you back anytime.
3: Anytime, guys. Thanks for asking me. Here's the 100 more
2: again. Absolutely. Have a good night. Are you too? Thank you, Sal. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sal. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. <laughs>
1: so hot right now Absolutely. and we
2: are back once again thank you a big thank you to bills beat reporter of wgr 550 fame and television fame I and mean, the guys everywhere it's Mr. Sale Capaccio, uh, great insight on the Bills as always. The go-to source. Thank you again to Sale for for being on the show. I would say go follow him, but I know listeners of the show already are, and you can see him and hear from him on his own podcast on every sports talk show, whether it's locally or or out of market. He he's the guy other teams call if they want their their inside knowledge on the Bills. Uh, great talking to Sale, right, Tony? Uh,
1: always a pleasure to talk i mean this is my first time talking to him but (laughs) always a pleasure to talk to to such a from now on he's always
2: a pleasure To talk to, yeah,
1: (laughs) Tony, for
2: our 100th episode to wrap it up here, I thought we would end it the same way we started episode one, and that is with maybe our most famous segment we do, and that is, of course, the Hansel Award. He's so hot right now, so hot. Hansel's so hot right now, and this award is for what is hot in the sporting world because Hansel is so hot, he never turns it off, always just so hot, Tony. Who are you giving your Hansel award to?
1: Well, it gives me great, personal pleasure on so many levels of my body, mind, and soul to say that my Hansel Award is going to bashing the Patriots. (laughs) Right now, we are living in a moment where everything out of Patriots camp is negative. And it's so sick to hear the report, to hear the analysis, to hear the rumor, and then just the chorus of the world coming right... kicking them when they're down just coming right down on them and saying well yeah you're shit so that's what happens it's been a lot of fun
2: (laughs) it's been a long time coming What comes around, goes around, comes around. (laughs) Uh, For so long, we had to hear New England fans just rag on the bills throughout the drought and throughout all their Super Bowl wins under the Brady era, during the Brady era. To see it take a full 180 towards the negative, as high as they were, as much as they were at their peak, it is now just as low and it's fantastic to see every report coming out of the Patriots camp is just terrible. Like they have no defensive coordinator, they have <laughs> yeah. no offensive coordinator, Mac Jones, all the, all the talk when I was in Boston in June was how Mac Jones is going to be more comfortable in this offense in his second year. He, he showed great things his first year and he's just going to get better making the leap. And that is not the case. I, all I read about is how the offense has been very bad and been very bad throughout training camp not just a day yeah. here and a day there but they have been bad throughout and i am just soaking it in like just taking it all in in stride and just over here grimacing and it's nice to be on the other side of it. For so long we were on the wrong side of of the hate and kind of the you'll never be good talk. And I feel like it's our it's our time to give it back now. They look like a mess. Belichick looks out of his element, looks out of touch with what's going on. It's almost like if they can't cheat, they can't do well. Shocking.
1: Mm, I, I love the way Shocking. you phrase that. I got some <laughs> fulfillment out of the way you phrase that.
2: This is true. If, I mean, if there was one team to just have all the negativity in terms of from the media, too, I mean, every Bills fan would choose the Patriots. Like, just if, if you were to choose any team to experience the rhetoric that we experienced during the drought years, it would easily be the Patriots. They would be the Vegas favorites by. Like
1: minus 500 would be the odds on that, right? A hundred percent. I mean, we, the scars are not healed healthily enough yet. Even last year, like the, the game in the snow when it was like, just right. kind of like this bullshit loss that we had to take. And then, I mean,
2: the wind game
1: doing obviously. Yeah. The wind. Yes. I guess you're correct. The wind game. And then obviously yeah. doing what we did them in the playoffs, like shutting up these people that think Matt Jones is anything. Oh, I'm getting right. all fired up now. See, this is what
2: happens. <laughs> Well, you only got like three days before the Bills are back on the field. So, bottle uh, that energy up. I suppose up. you're right. <laughs> here's, here's the game plan, Tony. Bottle that energy up. Go to training camp this week. Figure out where spike ball is. And then bring that energy to the preseason game. <laughs> okay. That is that is the roadmap here from now until Saturday. No, great pick. I love bashing the Patriots. They're so easy to bash, too, because they're just so cocky for so long. So, just to give it back and any iota is just it's the bee's knees if you will so tony that's a great hansel pick my pick for hansel award uh i mean it's it's the hot button topic it's autographs that's what's hot in the sporting world today to me i mean we've come full circle before two weeks ago maybe even a week ago it was all about you know, Josh is signing for the kids and not the adults. And it's great to, I think it's great to see, obviously some weirdos out there don't. But it was all wholesome and fun. And, you know, they're giving away their shoes and we've gone full dark side with it now, Tony. People throwing things at our stars, star athletes, maybe don't inappropriate, Inappropriate. Totally inappropriate and just moronic. Like don't throw things at the guys we're paying $258 million to. Like just... If one of those like footballs or whatever, maybe just hit Josh Allen in the eye when he wasn't looking and ruptured, you know, his cornea. Like that would be the worst thing ever, and that fan would probably get kicked out of the mafia. If
1: you will. are you kidding me, that fan um, would not. That fan would get would get run out of town. They oh, would yeah. no longer think, be able to. You be think in Leotis New York?
2: fumbling and getting his lawn spray painted was bad? Just wait until yeah. a fan injures Josh Allen. Because the secret shame the
1: that that person would feel it would be insurmountable oh gosh they would have to Who
2: who's the uh who's the cubs fan <laughs> with the with the foul ball catch what was exactly. his name exactly oh i don't Who know who's that name. guy bartman billy was it bartman <laughs> billy mumphrey Oh, <laughs> steve bartman that person would be the steve bartman of the bills easily but we, no just around the league one. we don't need we don't need a bartman just around the league, Tony, I mean, I see videos every day of a fan at and it's usually a kid at training camp doing something to try to get a uh, favorite athlete's autograph. For example, at Panthers camp, there was a kid who was bringing Christian McCaffrey Oreos every day, like a whole thing of Oreos every day. And Christian McCaffrey gave him his gloves and autographed them. There was a little girl at Packers camp giving tea. And not real tea, like play, like toy tea, to the Packers players as they walked off the field. Case Keenum this week, speaking of Bills, goes undercover pretending to try to get Bills players autographs. That was a nice little little prank, little segment there. Uh, I agree. Case are, Keenum getting in the fold. The I
1: appreciated it. Case Keenum's a,
2: an interesting guy. Can we talk about that? What have you noticed at training camp? Because all I see for Case Keenum smile is, is how what his smile is? Can we talk toothy?
1: about how toothy his smile is? Does he have bad tooth to gum ratio? His I mean, teeth that's are. Uh, that's not good, Tony. His teeth are like two. So, like, between your teeth, they two go. Roman coliseums. They, <laughs> no, 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 no. Not like okay. that. Like, a normal person's teeth, between teeth that I expect, a concave gap, it, it, you know, tiny gap yeah in any way that you just wedge your floss into and it like curves into that from your teeth his teeth Hmm. don't curve his are like i am drawn his teeth are like i drew a mouth on a blank white piece of paper and then did like, you know, four vertical lines and a horizontal line. Like it's just flat across. He's the like that's, how his, looked yeah, that's how his teeth look to me. Yeah. That's kind of how his teeth look to me. Interesting. But, Interesting. But I well, now appreciate, I'm, now I'm I mean, you passed the vibe check. You did a great job getting those autographs. It made, it was covered by a lot of people. Beyond the Bills. So I uh, I appreciate it. He seems cool. Pro Case Keenum right now.
2: He se- he seems like he fits in real well. Uh, Yeah, Case Keenum stock definitely up because it was down because in the beginning of training camp, I remember him hotly walking or kind of speed walking running off the field. And I'm thinking he had a little digestive issues going on, which never sits well with me for the players. But He's turned it around, participating in golf events with the the other players and Josh uh, now with the autograph segment. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Case Keenum stock is up for me here. So same. At least it's something different. Same. 100 um, episodes. So you at, still
1: can't get it together, huh?
2: Uh, maybe at 200, we'll finally get this thing right. Oh, my God. We also had Steph Curry at a recent golf event, uh, forcing the kid to do push-ups. For autographs, so athletes just have all the power these days, I guess. So that is my Hansel Award going to autographs. Of course, for those history buffs out there, the witty, not funny history buffs out there, the first Hansel Award went to mascots. A little trivia Ooh. for y'all. We always appreciate mascots around these parts. Uh, maybe one day we'll visit the mascot Hall of Fame. Dream come true, bucket list item right there. Does Tony, that exist? It does exist. They do. Am exist. I in it? This is wow. Okay. no no, are you, Tony? Surprise for our 100th episode, we are here to announce you are entering the Mascot Hall of Fame. We're like that giant guy, I don't know his name, who announces the NFL Hall of Fame entries. Oh my gosh, this is a joyous surprise. We're ending it on a high note, folks. Tony entering the Mascot Hall of Fame. Reliving his glory years. Wow. What do you say we wrap it up though, Tony? Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up big. What a a journey it's been. Toast. Raise your glasses. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor who's been with us from the beginning, pretty much. Traveling Growler, great product. Shop local, support local. www.travelinggrowler.com. Football season right around the corner. You're going to need to stock up at maybe another great company like Consumers Beverages. Shout out Consumers Beverages. You're going to need to stock up for football season and you're going to need a koozie to hold what you buy, beer, seltzers, whatever you, whatever your preferred drink is. A nice koozie keeps it nice and cold for you. But, and that means check out Traveling Growler. Their koozie start at just $5. www.travelinggrowler.com. T-shirt store, T-E-E Spring. Dot .com search Woody not funny all one word. You can also find our t-shirts at the Bills in Buffalo fan shop B-I-B-FanShop.com. Check out all the designs, support the podcast if you bought a t-shirt, post it on Twitter, tag us, show it off. We love to see who bought our t-shirts, who's supporting us out there. We just released a new design for Josh Allen for the start of the 2022 season here. Apparently he's a pretty good quarterback. Who knew? So check out the t-shirt store teespring.com search Woody not funny all one word. You can also find a link in our Twitter profile, our link tree. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere you are find podcasts are listened to for free on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. If you like us, subscribe, leave us a review, show us some love, search witty, not funny, all one word, search Built in Buffalo. You can find us anywhere. Podcast, of course, dropping every Friday. Tony, that's all I got. Twitter handles. Where can listeners find you?
1: They can find me at Tony Ambrose. Or Tony Ambrose. Tony Ambrose. All one word.
2: Tony Ambrose. Follow Tony. He is your go-to source for updates at Bill's Training Camp. Hashtag Tony Tweets Camp. Check it out. Give Tony a follow. He will be your source for all happenings at Bill's Camp. Like, for example, today we had a field goal kicker battle.
3: We did. Bass on
2: alert here. Tony, who Tyler is the frontrunner? Who's the front runner for kicking duties on this team right now?
1: Well, you know that they always like to stay true to their draft picks, but I got to tell you, it seems like Micah Hyde is pretty good at kicking field goals. <laughs> what
2: can that, what can Micah Hyde not do? The guy can do That's everything.
1: That's kind of what I think too. He really can. Field
2: punts, play safety, kick field goals.
1: Uh, amazing ball skills. Like on special teams, he's always a go-to. He's the yep. head of the hands team, and he's the head of the foot team. His kicks look pretty good, but Dawson Knox kicks looked... Uh, we're getting in there, too. Even Isaiah McKenzie had some lasers. His kicking style was more straight and straight and fiery. The other ones yep. are like arching, like him. you know, like you'd expect. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I guess you're right. Just yeah. like
2: their personalities.
1: <laughs> Just, uh Yes. These kicks are an allegory to who they are as people.
2: That's the deep analysis you'll get by following hashtag Tony to his camp. That's it. You can find the podcast at Sports 716 Give us a follow. We'll follow back. We love connecting with the Bills. Mafia, the Saber Swords people out there. Trademark pending, of course. At Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page. Woody, you got funny sports. They'll follow us everywhere. Show us some love. We'll show right back. Uh, Tony, a special 100th episode send off for the listeners. What do you have?
1: I just want to say that I've had a great time for the past 100 and here's to 100 more with you my guy
2: uh drink to that drink to that and as i always say
1: a little easter egg in from there.
2: episode one to episode 100 go bills and stay witty out there everyone thanks for listening peace bye bye later
0: my well, is a fresher breath there
2: You might not like school, but make sure you're
0: working hard at school. Build it the It's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty, Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Let's go! Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Shoes on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things.